0: Even though today is the beginning of the first, the, the beginning of September, the first day of the overflow. I'm not going to preach about the overflow because I have uh, the residue from last month to finish. So I'm going to just, I just want to do that in 20 minutes. Is that okay? Is that All right. Can I do that in 20 minutes? Okay. So, Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. We are going to read. It's just one scripture. We're going to read it together. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Ready? Go. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. Hallelujah. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Hallelujah. I think I, I distinguish between visions and dreams, isn't it? Because young people, to young people belong visions. Somebody said to young people belong visions. Because you are young enough to finish the vision that God gives you. The old man or the old men are not young enough to complete the vision. So it becomes a dream. Amen. When Martin Luther said, I have a dream, he knew that it was a dream because it was never going to be finished in his lifetime. And in that speech that Martin Luther gave, he said that it will not be finished in my lifetime, but I have a dream. Amen. He said he had a dream because it was something that others would come to finish it. So we started dealing with your vision, the vision God gives you, and how you, can, you should handle the vision. Because if you don't handle the vision well, the vision can become a nightmare. Amen. The vision can be aborted. Hallelujah. The vision can fall to the ground if you don't handle the vision well. So we started looking at a few things that you ought to do in order to handle the vision well. What was the first thing we said? Prayer, isn't it? Use prayer. Ask God to give you a clear direction of the vision. Hallelujah. How many know that anytime God gives you a vision, it's so mysterious, it's so big, and it's so confusing that it is not easy to decipher the vision just as he gives it? Amen. If you look at the Bible, anytime God gave any man a vision, the person wondered how it was going to come to pass. Amen. And so you need prayer for clarity. Number two, get the necessary training. Don't take off like a bullet because you have been given a vision. Brother David was 17 years old when Prophet Samuel told him that he was going to become a king. Isn't it? He was going to one day be the one that leads the whole people of Israel. But he needed guidance. He needed direction. So God took him from chasing after sheep to fighting lions and bears. Amen. From fighting lions and bears to fighting Goliath. From fighting Goliath, he became a fugitive. He had to run away. And he had to run all the way to the cave of Adullam. This time, he was going to teach people how to become warriors. He was going to have to learn how to impact his wisdom and skills to other people. And after that, through the training, he came back to become the king. Hallelujah. So training is very important. Hallelujah. Never ever go into anything without training. Make sure that you acquire the necessary Requisite training, hallelujah. Number three, learn how to be what? Faithful in little things. Brother David once again has been told that he's going to become a king, but he's now still a shepherd. If we were some modern day Christian, charismatic Christians, we would start looking down on the job we have been given because we have received the prophecy. Am I talking to somebody? Before you realize, we would go and start our own kingdom. Because we had the word. Am I making sense? But he didn't do that. He still fought for the king. Even when the king was trying to kill him with a spear, he still defended the king. He still had to learn. Amen. He still had to work under the king who had gone mad. The Bible says that if you are faithful in little things, then God will give you bigger things. And the scriptures also say that if you are not faithful with that which is another man's, who will give you your own? Hallelujah. Amen. So you need to learn how to be faithful with something that belongs to somebody. Amen. And when you respect that little thing and you give it all your best for that time, then God can trust you with bigger things. Everything that God does in the world, it starts with the seed. Amen. Amen. God never gives a harvest. When God wanted seven billion people on earth, what did he do? He gave Adam and Eve. When God wanted to call a people out of Israel, a people out of Egypt to become his people, what did he do? He called an Abraham. Hallelujah. God always gives a seed, not a harvest. The the, the Christian today, we don't know about this scripture. We don't know about seeds. We, 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 We think in harvest because the preachers have preached to us about the harvest. So all we know is harvest and not seeds. All we know is enjoying blessings and not sacrifice. The gospel that we preach today is gospel of victory. It's gospel of fulfillment. It's gospel of increase. It's gospel of uh, uh, having reaped the benefit. Not the sowing. Not the sacrifice. Not the cross. The cross is not preached anymore. Christian living is not preached anymore. We preach about prosperity and victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah but it doesn't start from there that is not god god will always give you a seed and he will say manage the seat he took adam and put adam in the garden and he said to adam look after the garden be fruitful and multiply what did he say what did he mean inside Adam and his hard work was the multiplication of the blessings of the harvest of seven billion people. But it needed some faithfulness, hard work, sacrifice, consistency to make seven billion people, eight billion people come into the earth. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? The next one was what? Oh, so nobody writes notes in this church. Only one person. Please, please, from today when you're coming to church, bring a notebook. I know we are sophisticated. We all have iPads and things. But I'm old school. I believe in paper and pen. I have notes from 1993. I have notes from 1987 that I was in church and I wrote. Sometimes I look at them. I go through them. Because the device, sometimes the battery will go. And the notes are all gone. Okay. All right. Or oh, you, don't, you don't agree with what I'm saying? If you like, I, I don't know. I, I, I Either mean, like Minister Kieran or Sasha, you can go to my office and bring one of my old notes from some year. And I'll show you the, 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 my notes, the message. I think the keys. Yeah. yeah. So that you don't think I'm lying. I'll let him read one of my, my notes. You see where it comes from. Long time ago, the book is still here. Some of the books are older than some people. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't want problems. These days I'm very careful. Hallelujah. Are, are you with me? So please, please, I beg you, don't come and sit in this church. We are a teaching church. Are you with me? So make sure every time you are coming to church, you have your Bible and your notebook, your pen, you write. I know you have sophisticated iPad, but you leave it for the modern church when they come. Because this is an old school pastor. Amen. So the next one is what? Exercise faith number four. Exercise faith. I said to you that everything that God will give you, it takes faith to walk in it and see it. Because if God is giving you a seed, a seed is not a harvest. A farmer needs to have faith that when he plants the seed, with time, he will gain a harvest. Are you with me? When anything in anything that God is going to do, anything spiritual, is not. A physical harvest, boom, get. It's a seed. You've got to work for with it. You've got to tend it. You've got to do something about it before you can get it happen. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Okay, number five. The vision must line up with the word of God. God is not going to give you a vision to go for somebody's wife. God is not going to give you a vision to steal somebody's church. Because, the, is it the seventh commandment or the eighth commandment that says, thou shalt not steal? One of, the, I think the seventh commandment says that thou shalt not steal. So if you see a vision, and in the vision, God is say, telling you that change the name of the church from Angels delight to devil's advocate. Know that that is not God. Because the scripture says that thou shalt not steal. (laughs) Or you don't like the message. So everything that God is going to say to you must align with scripture. Every vision must align with scripture. Every prophecy must align with scripture. Are you with me? Without scripture, you see, I I said to you last week that God has elevated his his word above himself. That he will not go past the word he has said. Whatever he says, that is what he will do. Amen. So he will not have you found a notebook? Okay. 97 and 99. Okay. So which (laughs) So, this is 1997 notes. How many years ago is that? 20? Okay. So, um, changing your destiny. Eight of, I, how many believe that Minister Michael is a very upright citizen and will not lie? Okay, so, date. Uh, 8th May 98. Changing your destiny. Re- Reverend Saki. Disobeying God is expensive. Judges 6 from verse 1. Have you seen? No, don't go. Don't go. 26th April 97. Driving the Giants Out of Your Land, 21st June, 98. The Concept of Hedge, Surviving the Times, 26th July, 98. Some people are not born then. Yeah, if, if I had an iPad, oh, have died. it would have died. But this book has been, yes, 23 years. No, 1997 is what? 24 years. I have some that go back to 83. At home. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, please, I beg you. Get, I know you have iPads and all phones and things. The phone will get spoiled. You say, oh, you put it on cloud. It doesn't... Something, somebody will press something and the whole cloud will just... It will become a ring. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. So, please, get proper notebooks. Amen. All right, number six. No, no, nah, that was prayer. Number six, no, wait, I didn't give you number six. So, number six is focus on the vision. Focus on the vision. We read Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, isn't it? Write the vision. Is it okay to take my jacket off? It's a bit hot. I want to show my muscles. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, it's part of preaching. You say the obvious, then it takes people's attention of it. You know, so I want to show my muscles and my stomach. So now can I preach? <laughs> All right. And then the Lord answered to me and said, write the vision And make it plain on tables, tablets, that he may run who reads it. Hallelujah. Number three, verse three. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Hallelujah. When you write the vision, it challenges you to focus on it. Hallelujah. When you receive a prophecy, don't just get excited about the prophecy. Make sure that you have written it somewhere. And make sure that because you have written it, it becomes a topic of prayer. Am I making sense? Because you have written it down, you meditate on it. Because you have written it down, it's easier to run with it. Make the vision plain so that you can run with it. Make the vision plain so that you can explain the vision to others. Hallelujah. You will see as we go on that the vision that God gives you, if it is really from God, you will need other, other people to help you. Am I making sense? If the vision is really from God, you will need other people's help. And if other people come and you, can't, you haven't written the vision down, you may forget. Are you with me? If you don't forget the vision, you may add or subtract the most important part of the vision. Am I making sense? So make sure that anytime time God gives you a vision, your life's goal. Write it so that you can focus on it. So you can, you, can, you can deal with it. Hallelujah. How did we know that God had called David through prophet Samuel? How did we know? If he had told Samuel, with all, if he had told David, with all the things that David went through, I'm sure he probably would have forgotten. Isn't that true? Yeah. But it must have been written somewhere. That's how come we know about it. Am I making sense? Yeah. It must have been written somewhere. How did we know everything Jesus said to his disciples? That 2,000 years on, we know about it. It must have been written somewhere. That is how come they were able to run with it in, 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 in uh, AD 10, AD 20, AD 30, AD 60, AD 80, AD 100. Do you know that Paul started preaching around AD 60, 64? Which means that it was 64 years after Jesus' death. So he obviously, if something was not written down and it was just in the heads of fishermen, they probably would have forgotten. Am I I making sense? Or you don't like what I'm saying? Hello? So make sure that you write it down. It will help you to pray. It will also help you to even examine it with the word. Amen. Number seven. Possess the vision. Possess the vision. Make the vision your possession. Making it your own. We should never boast of anything. If you write it down, you, it will remind you that you got it from somewhere. Are you with me? And when you write it down, you can own it. Usually, the vision comes to us from God. It is God's vision. And we are just participants of the vision. Am I making sense? It's usually God's God's vision. And he makes us participants of it. And when we become participants of it, if we don't take care, we we will have the attitude of workers. Do you know what the attitude of workers is? It's not mine. It's not my mother's. I'm just doing what I can. It's not my business. It's not my job. I have other things to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when you own it, the way you work is different. That is how come most uh, entrepreneurs do better than employees? Isn't that true? Because they work harder. Where is Rose? Rose, so your business, what times what how many hours do you work? Sorry? Over 40 hours. Um Sasha, your how many hours do you do at work? <laughs> so Sasha is an employee, and Rose is a business owner. So Sasha. 33 hours she says she does on paper (laughs) and uh, Rose you say you do what over 40 hours not all she does is she bakes cake and and pastries and everything you would think that is an easy job but she's saying that the minimum is what 40 hours over 40 hours if you give an employee over forty hours, hey, <laughs> it's not <nowhere to>, worth <laughs> uh, No, it's not a requirement. Let's listen, even if, if it's burning, listen, my I'm going have to clock off now. I have to go immediately. You will see that uh, you have to go to the hospital. You have a hospital appointment. Immediately, you will see that you have you have other things. You have a life. But for Rose. Her life is the cake. If somebody wants to take her to go and watch a movie, and the orders haven't been finished, what is she going to do? Oh, please come! Please come! Please come! So, so it's part of your promoting your business. So, so lash cake is it? Lash cakes? Yeah, La- lash cakes. Like lash. Cakes by Rose. Now, large cake by Rose. Let's say somebody has invited you to go watch a movie. You know, there's a guy who likes you and he wants to take you on a date. And it's on Friday. Don't spoil his market, her market, please. Uh, and it's Friday. But you have orders because there is a wedding for Saturday. And a guy is taking you out on a Friday. He's booked a posh restaurant. He's in uh, a meal. And then you're going to watch a movie. After that, you're going to go for bowling. After that, you're going to go walk by. You take a candlelight uh, uh, walk by the lakeside. So would you, would you go for the date when the orders have not finished, I can't. I can't. What? I can't because I have to finish the order. Why? But this guy, he really wants you. He's going to marry you. You'll have to wait. <laughs> what? Uh, what? What is she saying? Yeah. Have... He'll have to wait. He will have to wait. Why? Schedule. Because I'm busy. <laughs> because you are busy. Yeah. Because I'm busy working by myself. So I'm busy. <laughs> Put your ask. <laughs> Can you understand what I'm saying? Because she owns the business, she has possessed it. She has a vision for the business, and a man as good as the man may be, and as 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 uh, an answer to the prayer that she's praying, that man and his uh, uh, what do you call it? his restaurant and his walk by the lakeside and all those things. Can't wait. The guy has no chance with her business. Her business comes first. Hallelujah. I am sure even if your parents are landing, in, uh, landing at the airport and uh, they, 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 they ask that you should come and meet them and come and pick them from the airport. Are you going to go? when you have your orders that are in the oven? No chance. We will finish the cake. Mother and father can wait at the airport for a while. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I'm trying to show you how to own and possess something. When you possess a vision, the attitude to the vision is different. Am I making sense? When you possess it, you don't work like an employee. You work like an owner. Owners don't have starting times and finishing times. It is only employees that have starting times and finishing times. You call in sick. Yeah, the baker will say that no, no i But, but you see, Rose will not say I have sniffles, so I can't finish your order. Because. Having orders and making sure she delivers is what promotes her business. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you see, if you are going to see your vision come to pass, you've got to own it. Amen. Brother Pastor, you've got to own your church and own your ministry so that you don't work as an employee. You don't have a clock in time and a clock out time. If I have to do 80 hours from Monday to Friday, do you know that under the, uh, what do you call it? Health and Safety Act. An EU Act. You cannot work for 80 hours. At the camp, I preach for 80 hours. Yes. And, And that is it. Listen, it's like if it was somebody who's paying me and I'm a hired pastor, I say, the EU says that I should work 35 hours. <laughs> 37, and 37 and a half hours. That's all I can how, do. How, how, it, kind of no. No. If you have to do 100 hours, so be it. Am I making sense? And when you own it, you would work differently. Even if you are working for somebody and you possess that, you own it. Your output is different. And your value is different. I learned this long time ago that anything that I'm doing, I should own it. So I go to bed thinking about it. I wake up thinking about it. I have a plan for it. It's not, oh, what, what did they say I should do? No, 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 no. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Are you learning something? Number eight. I I, I don't I didn't give you scriptures. I can give you scriptures. You want scriptures? Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. What was in Christ uh, Jesus' mind? What the Father told him to do, he possessed it. He said in John chapter 17, verse 21, That they may all be one as you are. You, Father, and I in me. I in you that they also may be in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. Hallelujah. Number eight, share the vision. Someone say share the vision. Every vision that you receive requires the work of a team. If it's a real vision, it requires the work of a team. Hallelujah. And so you have to learn how to share the vision. In 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, he says, For I charge you before, therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Hallelujah. Paul was telling uh, his protege, Timothy, what to do, how to do it. He was sharing the vision. I mean, look at it. The Bible says in, I think, 1 John three. First 1 John 3. uh, Look for the scripture. 1 John 3. He says that for for the, this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the work of the devil, isn't it? First John 3:8. Now if Jesus was made manifest, Jesus, God becoming flesh, was made manifest to destroy the work of of the devil and to preach the kingdom of God to the world. And he has come, God in, in flesh. Why would he need his disciples? Why would he need a team? Why didn't he go about by himself rescuing the world? After all, he could have done it. He wouldn't have had Judas. He wouldn't have had issues. But if Jesus needed a team, then you also need a team. Did you understand what I'm saying? If Jesus needed a team, then we all need a team to fulfill the mandate, to fulfill the vision. No one of us alone can fulfill the vision by ourselves. Stop being a one-man band. Everybody needs help. You know, sometimes some people want to do everything by themselves because they don't want to share the glory with anybody. How many understand what I'm saying? I mean, because all the accomplishment of Jesus has to be shared with the disciples, isn't it? Everywhere he went, everything he did, the disciples were there. All the miracles. We are not told that uh, as he was healing the daughter, uh, Jairus' daughter, maybe uh, Peter and Co were singing a hymn. And the hymn brought anointing for the anointing to heal. We are not told that. But it doesn't matter. Whatever they did, it was part of the team. Am I, I I'm making sense? Yeah, it's a team effort. Vision can only be accomplished by a team, not by one person. Write it somewhere. Vision that comes from God can only be accomplished by a team. That's why you've got to write it down. That is why you've got to make it plain. That is why you have to learn how to possess it. Because if you don't know how to possess it, how can we possess it alongside you? Are you getting what I'm saying? If you, when you go to Manchester, you you are in Manchester, and you are going to start a church in Manchester, if you don't possess it and make it your own, and you behave like you have been employed to do something, how would you build a team? And let them have their ownership mentality. It's not possible. you get what I'm saying? Because when you own it, then it's easier for you to teach others to own it also. Because they watch you, monkey see, monkey do. Am I not making sense? So learn to possess. Learn to share the vision. Number, I'm only going up to ten. Number nine I think this is the most important one. Number nine, are you ready? Achieve the vision. A vision is nothing if it's not achieved. Then it becomes a dream, isn't it? Learn to do what? Luke chapter 4, verse 16. How God anointed Jesus Christ with the Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. And healing all. uh, No, uh, what do you call it? The the 18, sorry, 4:18. The Spirit of God is upon me, for He has anointed me to preach the gospel to all the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim that to liberty to the uh, captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are oppressed, and Quickly. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That is his mandate. Isn't that true? That was the vision. That was what he was sent to do. When he was dying, what did he say? It is what? Finished. What does that mean? I'm done. I have Accomplish the purpose for which I was sent. Amen. Come and die. I've done it. It's finished. Hallelujah. Whatever the vision is, make sure you finish it. Don't just be a starter, be a finisher. Are you are you with me? Learn to accomplish things. A lot of people in life can start things, but they can't finish it. And you know that history doesn't praise people who start. History only praises people who do what? Who finish. It's not it's not enough to start anything. Make sure you are faithful to the end. So Jesus said that when you continue in my word to the end, then are you my disciples. Don't just start. He says, Jesus says that he that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for my kingdom. My kingdom is not for status. My kingdom is for who? Finishes. So make sure that you finish So Paul says that I have run the race. I have finished my course. I have run and I've finished. I did not just start, but I finished. The vision that was given me, remember his vision in Acts chapter 9? For I will show him the many things he has to suffer for my sake. He is going to take my word to the Gentiles. And then he comes to say that I have run the race. I have finished my course. It means that he has done what he was sent to do. He had finished it. Hallelujah. So today we talk about Paul. There were others who started with Jesus. But we didn't see them finishing. So their names are not even known. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you come to a church like this, it's, it's good to start. But please, make sure you finish. Hallelujah. It's so sad. The people who started this church. About 90% of them are not here. Those who gave their blood. Those who gave their blood, their toil. How many were here when we are contributing to buy this, the church building? Give me a wave. So one, oh please stand, stand, so that you see the, the percentage that I'm talking about. When we're buying the building, so one two three four five five four, five. Five people out of the whole church. <laughs> somebody bring water. Somebody go. Somebody, uh, where is where is Agnes, baptize him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you get the water and baptize yourself. Baptize, take the water. Share. You think we are joking? Take the water and baptize yourself. Stand so that we all see that you are baptizing yourself. <laughs> Now you can drink the rest. <laughs> it's only water. Hallelujah. It's only water. Four ways. Okay, uh, where am I? Number nine. Number ten. Number ten. After you have done everything. Number ten. Renew the vision. The vision sometimes goes still and it needs to be renewed. Hallelujah. The vision sometimes goes still, and it needs renewal. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. They, the apostles were told that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, go wait for the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the utmost part of the world. Then, as time went on, in chapter four, some of them got arrested and beaten. Verse thirty-one, as chapter four, verse thirty-one, the Bible says that, and they, when they had prayed, they went. If you read from verse one all the way to thirty-one, He says that, Lord, you told us to go and preach, and this is what we have been doing but the people have arrested us and they have beaten us. So give us strength so that we can preach the word with power and confirm your words with signs and wonders. Verse 29 says that, and confirm your words with signs. Give us, verse 29, now look at their threats and grant to your servants with all boldness that we may speak your word. Amen. And verse 30 says by stretching out your hand to heal and signs and wonders may that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And the Bible says verse 31 and when they had finished praying the place that they were in was shaken. Hallelujah. Because they needed to renew the vision. Sometimes you need to renew the vision. In fact, most of the time you need to renew. That is why in this church we do a yearly camp meeting. Every year when we gather together to have a camp meeting, the reason and the purpose for the camp is to renew the vision. Because it is such that when business comes and things happen, people are going back and forth. If you don't take care, you will lose focus on the main thing. Hebrews 12, verse 1 through to 3, Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to give you four ways you can renew the vision. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the sin and the weight that easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Amen. Verse 3 says that, despising the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3 For consider him who endures such hostilities from sinners against himself, lest you be weary and be discouraged in your soul. Hallelujah. Four things, four ways to renew. The first one, looking back at those who have run before us. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. When you want to renew your um, vision... Look at those who have run in front of you, ahead of you. Amen. How did they do? What did they encounter? The sad thing in life is that history has taught us that men don't learn from history. Isn't that true? Yeah. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything that you can say, see, this is a new thing? Behold, that everything that has been is that which shall be. Nothing is new. It has already been. There is nothing that is new. So look at those who have run ahead of you. How did they achieve? What did they encounter? What were some of the problems they had to deal with? All those things will teach you how to renew your, your zeal, renew your strength. Hallelujah. You know, when the apostles were soared into half, some were put in hot oil and boiled. Some, they, they put, a, what do you call it, a horse. They tied their legs and the horse will drive through the field and their skin is, the flesh is just, scrapes the flesh until its bones. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you read all those things and then you are getting upset because somebody gossiped about you, because somebody didn't want to say that your voice is not nice. When you are singing, when you look at those who have gone before you and the price they had to pay, it will help you to refocus. Am I making sense? Hallelujah. Number two, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. The thing that will help you to refocus is weight. Somebody say weight. Do you know that weights in the gym helps you to develop muscles? Is that true? How many go to the gym here? <laughs> only one. Only two. Hey. Michael, you go to the gym. Ah, uh, uh, Okay, okay, okay. Focus, 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 okay, focus. focus. Focus, focus, focus. Okay, so when you run in the gym, it builds your muscles. But how many know that when you are running and you are carrying weights, you don't run well? <laughs> are you with me? You cannot take a, what do you call it, 30 kilos dumbbell here, 30 kilos dumbbell here and run. You will not do well. How many understand what I'm saying? It's not, you cannot run 100 meters and do a good time. I don't care whether you're Usain Bolt or you are, what's the girl called? What's the other girl? Shalianne Fraser. I don't care who you are. If you are carrying 30 kilos here, 30 kilos there, you won't beat any record. So you've got to learn how to drop. <laughs> God, you forgive me. I just thought of something bad to do to you. So, put the weight down. Put the weight down. That weight will corrupt your vision. That weight will make you not achieve the goal. You cannot run 3,000 meters and finish when you are carrying 60 kilos on your back. Hallelujah. Number three, run with endurance run with endurance run with endurance see our day this modern day our problem is we are not we don't stay long because we cannot we cannot take pressure for long see these days people marry they say I want to leave the marriage why I'm not happy hey Who promised you hundred percent happiness from beginning to the end of marriage? Who deceived you that you'll be you'll be happy all the days, and they lived ever happily ever ever after? Those things are in uh, what do you call that uh, that uh, what do you call that that movie movie place? Disney is Disney that says and they lived happily ever after happily ever after is not real in Cinderella. they are in books do you understand what I'm saying I am trying to make you understand that you have to endure it is going to be happy but sometimes you go through some turmoils and some, str- some struggles but learn to be patient learn to endure the ability to take and to endure is what allows you to finish the course. I, I, you get what I'm saying? In these days, day, when people is not happy, they immediately say, I resign. I resign. I resign from the organization. I resign from the job. I resign from the relationship. I resign from the church. I resign from the, I resign from the marriage. Where are you resigning to? I'm yet I'm to see how, whether parents will resign from. I resign from, <laughs> I resign from my children. I resign from my children. I don't know whether that has happened. Or you resign from being a, pa- a son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my father. He's always giving me pressure. Uh, today, I resign from being your son. I Dear Daddy, comma. <laughs> I hope this letter finds you well. Full stop. I the, the 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 brightness of this day has given me the opportunity to pen these few words of mine. Full stop. Daddy, comma. I want you to know that as of from today, the first of September, in the year of our Lord, 2021. I hereby declare to you that I resign from being a child, a son of yours, yours or a daughter of yours. I relinquish relinquish all rights and privileges. Thank you. Counting on your cooperation. (laughs) Full stop. Yours sincerely. Sincerely. <laughs> so why did he start with the other daddy? <laughs> Hallelujah! Nobody does that. You endure when you are married, when you are you 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 become a father, a child to an alcoholic man. You endure, and he's always drunk in the gutters, and people are laughing at him and giving names. And it's your father. You didn't vote to, for him to be your father. But you can't resign from being a child. You can't. If your mother becomes a mad person, you can't resign from being a child. If she goes to prison, you can't resign from being a child. You have to go and visit her there all the time. Are you getting what I'm saying? Why do we resign so quickly? I resign from here, I resign from here. I resign from here, I resign from here, I resign from here. Why to my dear housemates? <laughs> Learn to endure so that you come finish. Christianity is not going to be a bed of roses. That is why Jesus said, anyone that comes to me and does not take up his cross and follow me. Cannot be my disciple. The cross is not a fashion accessory, it's a place of sacrifice, it's a place of hate and death, it's a place of suffering, it's part of Christianity. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So when you take the cross, know that things will not be rosy all the time. But because we have decided to follow Jesus, we will take that the cross die on it a few times pick the cross back and go hallelujah that is what Christianity is about that is what life is about it gets tough sometimes it gets you know hot sometimes but it gets shaky sometimes but endure hallelujah be finishers of what you started hallelujah number four last one Fix your eyes on Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author or the finisher of your faith. For consider him who endured such hostilities. Jesus himself, he endured hostilities. And sinners, from sinners against his own self. Otherwise, you become weary. If you don't focus on Jesus, you become weary. Hallelujah. Pastors, if we don't focus on Jesus, we'll become tired. Church members, if we don't focus on Jesus, we will get fed up. Wives, if you don't focus on Jesus, you will leave your husband. Husbands, if you don't focus on Jesus, you will divorce your wife. Hallelujah. Focus on, on the cross. Focus on Jesus, and I guarantee you we'll live a life overflowing with his blessings.